Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcast, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at any online book retailer you prefer. Check it out today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand, both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Dan Lappin is a high-performance sales consultant, coach, and the CEO of Lappin 180. As a professional sales disruptor, Dan's mission is simple, to help clients stop selling to engage differently and more successfully with prospects. As host of the popular podcast, Breaking Sales, and in speeches around the world, Dan advocates for change and for building trust in today's hyper-competitive marketplace. Hello, Dan. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I am doing great. So I took a yeoman's shot at doing an intro for you, but I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about your past, but more specifically, kind of what you do today and why you do it. Yeah. So we we teach sales professionals literally how to stop selling. I know it sounds a, a bit counterintuitive and strange, and it's not really a fancy tagline either. Um, you know, if you think about the art and the skill and the behavior is attributed to selling something, they're very different than the skill and the behaviors and the thinking needed to make a change. So, you know, prospects that we all have every single day, you know, we have a med, you have them. Uh, your clients have prospects. My clients have prospects. Prospects, and when we're, when we're ever in that role, we don't make a sales decision. We're debating change. We're evaluating and reflecting upon what we do, how we do it, and if we think we can get better. And are we willing to take the risk and face or embrace the uncertainty of making a change? That is a very different process than actually making a sale. And so what we do is we teach this mindset shift, you know, and we can get into that in a little bit, but everything that we do as human beings falls into that universal equation of cause and effect. And so we teach a mindset shift because every action that we take as human beings comes from a thinking or an intent that we have first. And so when I get into, we actually help our clients and organizations stop selling what we're doing is we're teaching them a mindset shift so they can have a different type of conversation with their clients and prospects that's more focused on helping that prospect and client debate change. 
Well, as an independent consultant, I will tell you that a huge part of my effort week after week is connecting with clients and looking for opportunities and pursuing opportunities and, uh, you know, selling or this kind of classic paradigm of selling is embedded in all of us. We all grew up watching TV shows and movies on people, you know, quote unquote selling. And it sounds as though, you know, what you do is attempting to shift people's perspective and look for new and different ways to connect with people for the goal of generating revenue. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's this little process out there and I'm underestimating it or I'm under highlighting it when I say little. It's called pattern recognition. And, you know, when you call on a prospect or I call on a prospect or any of our listeners do, that prospect is looking for a series of patterns in, in the conversation and in your approach, because as soon as that prospect can identify the patterns, from a prospect standpoint, it allows them to feel like they're now in control. They might be able to say, oh, Dan's asking me this question because he's trying to get me somewhere. He's trying to get me to see this. He's trying to get me to talk about this. And when, when we as human beings recognize those patterns, it gives us that feel of control, but we also then are, have the ability to shut down or we can be defensive or we can become very cautious. So part of the challenge in sales right now is that this whole idea of pattern recognition isn't being recognized. And so every time your prospect gets a phone call or your prospect gets an email or they sit down and have a conversation, some cautiously they're looking for those patterns to see, okay, when is this person going to sell me? When is this person going to try to pitch me? When are they going to try to prove to me that they're a better value? And most prospects slash human beings like to avoid that. And so that's what we call pattern recognition. And we teach our clients how to avoid that human and innate pattern recognition. And is pattern recognition something somebody does subconsciously or is it something they do consciously? It's subconscious. Um, you know, you can, you can take this whole idea of pattern recognition and you can bring it home as a father or as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, you know, we look for patterns. I mean, you know, growing up, right? You know, the teacher asks us, hey, you know, can I see you after class? Even if we didn't do anything wrong, right? What's the first thing that goes through our head when that teacher says, can I see you after class? I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's part of that pattern recognition at an early age. Or when the parent looks at you and says, hey, we need to talk, what goes through our head? <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Right. And so that pattern recognition continues to develop year after year for us. And so this whole idea of pattern recognition, whether it's you talking to your boss or if you're a leader in business and it's you talking to one of your teammates or one of your employees, that pattern recognition is always there. And what we do is we try to teach people ways to avoid it so that you can have a more honest more trustworthy and, and more clear type of conversation with the other person. So this is a really interesting topic, Dan, as it relates to our listeners who are looking for ways to be braver in the workplace and past guests have talked a little bit about they I don't think they've used the term pattern recognition, but uh, you know, knowing who it is that you're going to be saying something that needs to be said or doing something that needs to be done so that you can anticipate 
their outcome, right? You don't want to walk in and say something to somebody that needs to be said and have no idea who you're talking to or what their reaction is going to be, because oftentimes it may not be what you expected. And so is this something that you help people with, which is to understand more about how other people are processing and looking for patterns? Yes. We, you know, as you and I both know, Ed, we can only can control ourselves and we can't control how somebody's going to respond to a certain type of conversation. We can't control their demeanors or anything like that. But what we can do is control ourselves. And so what we teach is, and I I can share one of these mindsets uh, with your listeners, is we teach a mindset called detachment. It's one of uh, several that we teach. Detachment is our ability as human beings to let go of the outcome. You know, so like, for instance, if I'm going to have a productive, but yet maybe a tough or meaningful conversation with one of my employees, one of my teammates, I have to realize that when I go into that conversation, I have to let go of their response. I have to let go of how they react because I will never be able to control that. But what I can focus on is my ability to engage that person in in an empathetic and what we call high intent manner. And so we teach people to let go of outcomes. We teach people not to assign a value to something negative or positive so that you can stay clear and you can stay calm within that conversation. Wow. Well, that sounds uh, fantastic. That sounds fantastic. Dan, when you think a little bit about the word bravery in the workplace, what words or phrases come to mind for you? Um, The word detachment does come to mind because to be brave, we have to realize that we can only control ourselves. And I don't want to be repetitive here, but that's part of that bravery. And, And detachment also means that we have the confidence and the strength to realize that we are in control of ourselves. And that should be plenty to go in and have that conversation with whomever we're going to have that conversation with. Another term that comes to mind is a term we call high intent. You know, high intent means you're focused on what's best for the other person versus what's best for yourself. You know, if I go back to our sales conversation we had when we first started this, this, this chat today, you know, most salespeople go into a conversation, how do I get them to see my value? How do I get them to understand and see my expertise? How do I get them to want to do business with me? Or how do I get them to want to have a second meeting with me? It's all about me. You got it. And so all of our questions and everything focus on us subconsciously and consciously. So what we do is we teach people to flip it, go in there and focus on the following. How and if I can help this person and are they ready for the help? So whether you're a leader in business and you're going to discuss something with one of your employees, go into that meeting with how and if I can help this person and are they ready for my help? Versus going in and trying to tell the person, you know, um, big difference in terms of mindset and conversation approach. And what surprisingly happens is none of us as human beings like to feel like somebody's trying to get us somewhere. Even if they're giving us advice that's right, we only like to take advice if it's something that we've come to the conclusions on on our own. And so 
going in and telling improving a particular point of view really doesn't help us whether our personal relationships or our business relationships but going in with that high intent attitude of how and if i can help and are they ready to to take that help are they ready for that help and then learning how to detach from a negative or a positive response really impacts the depth and the level of the conversations that you can have, whether business, family, sales, or whatever it might be. Well, I love that piece of advice. And I would tell you that most people who are thinking about saying something to somebody that needs to be said, right? So maybe my boss, his behavior at a meeting is being disruptive and no one will say anything to the boss, et cetera. Most of those people are thinking about themselves. You know, how do I say this to the boss? How do I not get in trouble? How do I ensure, you know, I don't have a black ball in my file, right? It's all about me. And it's not putting yourself in that person's shoes to say, you know, how can I provide this person feedback or observation or insights that will help them, right? Because who wouldn't want to be helped, right? Who wouldn't want to hear something that can allow them to be a little bit different in the workplace that would be more effective? 100%. And as you were talking, Ed, there was one word that came to mind as you were talking, and it was empathy. And if you think about empathy, right, it's how do you communicate with someone else by putting yourself in their shoes? One of the easiest ways to generate natural, authentic empathy is to switch to that high intent mindset and that detached mindset. Because remember, detachment helps us get clarity and calms our mind down. High intent then helps us channel and focus our best energy toward what's best for the other person. So if anybody um, listening today is thinking about having that tough conversation, that meaningful discussion, empathy would be key in order to, to drive that empathy, you know, that high intent detachment that I've, I've shared are key components. Dan, everyone who has joined our podcast has shared a story from their past where either they demonstrated bravery and can share with us what they had done or had occurred or didn't demonstrate bravery and look back now and talk about the impact that it's had on their career. How about you? Do you have a story that you'd like to share with our listeners? Ed, I do. In 2007, I started my consulting business and um, I didn't have any clients. I didn't really have a process. I had no revenue. Uh, no pipeline or nothing. And it took almost 20 months for me to generate my first client. Now, that 20 months was some of the toughest time periods of my life. And so I had two young uh, children, age three, a couple of cars, a mortgage. I had to pay for my own health insurance, obviously. I was in the entrepreneurial world at this point. You know, you have um, food, utilities. And I just remember I was about 18 months in and I came home one Saturday morning um, from working out and my wife was upstairs and she was crying and I'll never forget it. It just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And she says, I can't do this anymore. You know, we've only got two months left of finances. You're going to have to go back into the corporate world and find another job. You know, we have all these responsibilities with these kids and we can't pay our bills and we, we can't wait around. And it hit me like a load of bricks. And so I remember it was a hot morning. And so I went out for a run because I needed to, 
I needed to escape. So I went off for like probably like a 10 mile run. I came back. It was probably 95 degrees. I was sweating and something just hit me. And what hit me was that I needed to live this experience out. I think up to that point, my demons and my gremlins were winning. You know, we would go to a neighborhood party up to that point and people would take my wife aside and say, hey, how are you guys doing? Are you guys all right? Is is this really the right time for him to start a business? You know, and then people would say things behind my back like, is he crazy? He's got a family. He's got two kids. I mean, that's 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 not responsible at all for him. He's got to get himself back in the workforce. The drain he's putting on his family is totally unacceptable and unfair. And I just remember I kept hearing those things and I kept hearing the negative. And, and so my gremlins were buying into the negative. And, but then I had to realize a couple things. Number one, you know, none of us are born with a set of beliefs, either others put their beliefs on us or we create our own. And I remember I needed to create my own beliefs. This was something I wanted to do and I needed to make sure that I, I, I made it happen. And so I started to reframe things. So instead of having that gremlin say, hey, are you crazy? Are you a lunatic? You need to get back into corporate America. This is now not the time to be starting your own business from scratch. I started reframing to, well, wait a minute, hold on. Somebody out there is being successful right now in doing what I'm doing. And they may not work as hard as me and they may have less talent, but they're successful. Why can't I be successful? And so then I started to also journal. I started focusing on the positives every day. You know, we all know about the gratitude journals. Well, up to that point in my life, I had no idea what one was. But sure enough, every day had, I would focus in the morning on writing down five, six, 10, 12 items. And I noticed in the beginning, they were really small. Hey, this person smiled at me. You know, this person let me in in traffic. You know, this person waved or this person bought, bought me a cup of coffee. And I just kept focusing on those things every day, despite all the negativity that I felt around me and all the weight I felt of not being successful. And sure enough, what happens is those positive things started to grow before you know it. It was, hey, this person responded back to my email. This person sent me a referral. Hey, this person wants to meet again. This person's interested in me coaching them. And it just kept growing. Um, so, you know, the story I have is, and again, it might be just more stupidity and stubbornness on my part, but I did have to learn to not listen to the negativity from the outside world. I know my neighbors meant well, probably because they were concerned, but I also know we as human beings, we, we tend to put our fears on others. So if we fear something or if we feel inadequate in something, we tend to put it on others. And so I started to realize that relationship was happening and I was able to start distancing myself from it. So long and the short, after almost 20 months, I got my first client. And then within six months, I had three more and just started growing from there. But that first 20 months, I will say, was brutal. And not having a safety net definitely made me bring out the best in myself. And it wasn't always very pretty. Well, what a fantastic story, Dan. And you used a word that I think acts as a enemy of bravery, which are gremlins. And these are the voices in our head that challenge and chip away at us internally in respect of what we want to do and why we want to do it. And you see an outcome that says, why can't that be successful? Other people are doing it. 
they don't work hard, you know, anywhere as close to as hard as I work. And yet these voices still, you know, erode, right? And come back. And this is what prevents oftentimes people from being brave in the workplace because these voices win. Yeah, they win. And then we sometimes have those regrets, you know, but you're, you're right. It's learning how to settle the gremlins down. You know, one of the things I've learned recently in the past five years, um, I wish I would have had this technique back in 2007, 2008. Um, and that is in the moment mindfulness where, you know, it's kind of a, a breathing type of exercise where when I feel myself getting a little worked up, anxious, maybe I'm starting to debate. Do I push forward? Do I pull back? Do I procrastinate or do I take the action? I'll do this little breathing exercise where, you know, for about maybe 30 seconds, I'll focus really deep on my breath intake in my nose and breathing out my nose. And that's all I focus on. And what I've noticed is it really does calm me down. And that helps me get clarity and it kind of helps me bring me back to center. So if I have to have a, a tough conversation, I'm able to have it. Well, Dan, we could talk for hours. You have used a lot of keywords that we could explore even deeper. High intent, detachment, reframe, empathy, right? Each of those could be a podcast on their own. But I really thank you for joining us today. And I'm just curious if anyone wants to hear more about your business or talk to you a little bit more about your bravery story, how could they get in contact with you? Uh, the best way to get in contact with us is just go to uh, www.lapin180.com. And we also have um, a very popular podcast called Breaking Sales. Our podcast, though, is about high performance. So it talks to other high performers and other, in, other industries like professional athletes, those who coach professional athletes, psychologists, uh, neuroscience scientists, and things like that. And it's all about helping us to bring out our best in ourselves. And once again, it's called Breaking Sales. Fantastic. Well, Dan, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, Ed. It was a pleasure being on. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Apple. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Capit Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at www.cabotrisk.com. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.